Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Prep Talk podcast hosted by Phil by Max, Max Anthony, FBA, and Pete's Flips. Today, we have a very special guest, Parker Bedier. Uh, very, very excited to have him. I told him that if he hits 70K in December, he would be more than welcome on the podcast. He did that and more. And so, uh, Parker, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Thank you for coming on. But the floor is yours for a couple of seconds to introduce yourself. Yeah, so thanks for having me, first of all. Um, I started back in about August, um, selling on Amazon, uh, kind of just dabbled into a lot of FBM, uh, going into Walmart stores like that, and uh, just kind of continued that on a little bit more into the OA space, because you kind of got to scale um, more with OA. And then uh, joined a course, actually, that helped me out a lot and met a lot of other sellers. And I think that was the biggest thing for me uh, with the growth is just once you make friends selling on Amazon, then, you know, it kind of follows, you have leads here and there, you help each other and you learn a lot. Like you sell something, you say, did this sell for you? Did this sell for you? And uh, it just kind of compounds the growth a lot quicker. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so you, you grew relatively fast, I would say, but not only did you grow fast, I think that you did it in like a controlled way. Can you walk folks through, um, what December looked like for you. I know you approached it in a way that was uh, impressive for someone that's going through their first like peak season. So do you want to share a little bit about how you went about that? Yeah. So I kind of was just guessing uh, in a way, but taking calculated risk. I felt that the keeper charts that I was looking at, I felt like the offer counts from last year uh, fell off at certain dates. So I held my prices to a certain amount that I thought I could get for, for them. And I feel like it paid off because mid-December, a lot of sellers started falling off and a lot of those prices started to hit. Um, obviously, it didn't work out for all of them uh, because sellers hop on and things like that. But uh, I really wanted to hold my prices high, really squeeze the margin and uh, get the most I could for the products. But yeah, it was you learn a lot in the first Q4. Um, obviously, next year, I'll be a lot more prepared. But uh yeah, just kind of, you kind of got to guess, you look at last year's data and just look at the market a little bit. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that for a new seller to have the gumption that you did to hold is, is pretty impressive. Um, but I, and I think that worked out for you pretty well. Um, I mean, just looking at the FBM Cup data, we thought that the Fulfilled by Max stimmy hit would really prove to be helpful. But then you were just sitting there kind of looming um waiting to unleash all of the inventory um so yeah i mean that that's kind of that's that um what was your what was your experience like with the fbm cup we're still going what do you have any any thoughts on on the topic uh first of all i thought it was awesome it was a really good idea um and involving everyone in the community really made it a really good hit and then bringing it on social media it just brings a lot of attention to fbm itself um because it's so important in december think a lot of people, you know, miss out on it by just doing FBA. But, you know, when you pack 3000 orders in a couple of weeks, that's life changing for a lot of people. And uh, it was all good fun. Um, obviously, it's not over, but it's something I think like every year could definitely happen and, and grow even into bigger than it was. Absolutely. And how many, when did, what month did you start? Uh, I started like late August. Right. Which is crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, it's totally doable. You know, I think the fastest way to scale, obviously, is through FBM. And then 
definitely also equally as important is networking, joining a group, a mastermind. But yeah, you know, going forward, I won't do anything without consulting with a professional in that industry first. You know, I'm willing to pay people for their knowledge as long as it's the right people. There's a lot of people selling scam this, scam that kind of, you know, loose leaf, whatever. But if you pay for the right knowledge, it'll save you potentially decades of of time. I mean, and and time is money. Time's priceless. That's the only commodity we really can't manufacture more of. So, you know, to me, yeah, I think that's amazing. Um, I guess, can you speak on some struggles that you had or some things that you were kind of nervous about going into Q4 and I guess going from the revenue you were at previously to ramping up so much um, in so such quick a time? Yeah, I think the biggest thing you're worried about is just, you know, is it going to sell? Because you you bought a lot of stuff. Um, you've never seen the volume that you're about to see. Um, you're pretty much just learning every day. But that's that's another thing like when you have a group, it's like, all right, this has sold for everyone in here. Um, we've all sold it in the past few months. Everyone's always sold out. So if you're on your own, you're kind of like just guessing. Um, and to spend a lot of money on something that you don't know is super risky. Um, that's another reason. It's just so much less risk when you have other people around you um, and you just learn little tidbits as well. Like, hey, is this work well for you? Like, oh, you're allowed to do that. Um, it's just such a game changer. And along with the coaching, I think a lot of people need to approach this more as like a business. Um, and once you start taking it serious, like you would go pay for a college course um, and you'll sit in there and sit on your phone. Like there's people that do that all the time and they're paying like thousands of dollars when you have people that will literally give you a way to make like tens of thousands of dollars in one month and you won't pay like the small little fee for that. It just kind of blows my mind. You'll go and you've been conditioned by society. You'll go into quarter million dollars in debt to make, to make 50K a year but you're afraid to invest two, three, four, five, six, seven thousand dollars on something that's completely legitimate. Um, and it, you know, it is what it is. It's unfortunate, but yeah, I mean, I'd say that a lot of folks are not conditioned to risking their own assets to make more. Like it's just not something that's taught. Um, so then they kind of become just completely closed off to the idea. Um, but, it is what it is. You can't, you can't help everybody. And, and some people will take advantage of it. And some people sit on the sidelines and that's, that's totally okay. Um, so I know that big baseball guy, um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? And then do you want to, um, and then I'll just have some follow-up on, on kind of baseball. Cause I, I feel like that's a good parlay into somebody that's going to run into Amazon, be competitive and do well with it. Yeah. So honestly, I think for me, when the cup became active, that was huge because I'm just a competitor. So when that was released, it was like, all right, now now it's game on. Um, because just, I feel like I'm one of the most competitive people. If anyone who knows me personally, I try to win at everything I can do. Like when the cup got released, I literally was thinking like, I want to finish first over everyone. <laughs> like that's my mentality. It's just how I'm raised. And, uh, yeah, baseball was a great experience. I mean, it teaches you so much. Being an athlete, it's kind of like that mindset of who cares, like go get it done um, on a daily basis. So being on zero-day handle time for the last three months uh, definitely is a, a relatable aspect of that. 100%. And so um, do you think that there's any adversity in your baseball career that prepared you for Amazon? 100%. I think... I started at a junior college and you kind of just 
we didn't even have a locker room. So you're kind of just at the bottom of the barrel and you just got to sit there and put in work and, and know that like this is going to pay off, but it's going to take years. And so I think that's something I could translate to Amazon, just knowing that, I mean, honestly, Amazon's been quicker success than baseball was um, in a way. And just to be able to not see results one to two months in, because it was pretty slow at the beginning and just keep sourcing, keep packing. And then eventually you kind of just break through. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, so what did you think when Matt, when Kat was brought into the FBM cup was, were you worried at all or were you, were you guys still pretty confident that you guys were going to be able to handle it? I was honestly glad because I, I felt like it made it a game again. Okay. Um, and then it kind of just kept the competitive nature of it. But I, I figured you guys had something up your sleeve. I don't know. It was just the seven on eight from the beginning was just, I don't know. I thought something was going to happen. Okay. All right. We didn't, we didn't keep our uh, cards close enough to the chest, I suppose. Maybe we, we peeped it out there a little bit. Kat, do you, do you guys think you guys have a chance with the Talos yet? Or like, how, are we, how are we feeling? When's this episode dropping? Probably on Monday. Oh, never mind then. But um, yeah, I still got like 120,000 in sales value in my inventory. So like, outside shop, real quick. Oh, okay. they might have a chance then, because like, I know a lot of us are running low for sure. And yeah, you could clip this, but I know that hella people are about to get Amazon gift cards for Christmas, and then I'm I'm gonna sell through the rest of my inventory when that happens. So that way I can, I think I'm I'm be able to close the gap pretty. Pretty pretty tight. And what what are the two competitors at in sales right now? Kat, what are you at? <clears throat> Let me check. You check on the computer? What is that? Parker, what are you at? For the month? Yeah. One hundred twenty one thousand. Damn. I'm at like I'm at like one seventy. Okay. So are you guys because I'm kind of doing the same thing I was. I feel like a lot of prices have come down in the last like two days. Yep. So I've kind of been holding a lot of my stuff as well. Um it's I'm a still priced, not as high as I was, but yeah. a little bit more competitive. Um, and I mean, that that kind of is a reflection. That's more on the FBM side. FBA stuff I've kind of kept pretty similar, um, just kind of sitting there. But understanding the infrastructure that I have in place, um, I want to be turning stuff over. Um, so that's kind of how I'm approaching it. Um, but I'm also like pretty, pretty happy with like how the month went and um, going to try and take some time to like clean up back, back end systems, that sort of thing. Um, if I had to guess, those prices are probably not going to come around for a while. Like this, that was probably the height of the prices because the demand could handle for that. So now that demand is dropped, people are just going to try to liquidate. So. Yeah, I would guess so. Yeah, there, there's probably a sentiment like between the fifth and the 15th that you could get a high fill and you don't have to worry about it too much. Whereas right now you might lead into a little bit more chaos and people panicking to pay off the cards. Um, yeah. That's, that's probably what'll happen. So your price will probably slip a little bit. I'm assuming it'll go up and down pretty far and then it'll kind of slowly climb back up in January once people fall off a little bit. But I think right now people are probably panicking if they have a lot of extra stock they didn't get through paying off credit cards and stuff. So I can see a lot of sellers just going crap, like, drop it let's just get my money back i don't even care and yeah. then in january it kind of creep back up a little bit again so that's yeah. my guess i don't know we'll kind of have to see but yeah 
in the end, um, I really think it's it's a velocity game, especially when you're newer. Even if you are putting up, you know, 120 in a month, like December, because that's the similar thing that I did in um, August. But it, it's always a velocity game. If you can turn over and turn over in a profitable way, do it. Because yep. you got to be able to trust your skills that you'll still be able to come out in January and that you'll still be able to find product and you'll still be able to sell product, whether um, whether or not, you know, it's it's December or November, or Q4 or whatever. Like you just, you got to make sure that you can turn your product over twice, three times. That's the whole point of FBM, right? Um, it's to get that quick return on, on your investment. And that just puts an even bigger emphasis on um, velocity, right? Because we need to make sure that we're getting our profit margins or else, or we need to make sure we're getting our profits, turning it over, getting the inventory in and out, or else it doesn't, the, the whole business model doesn't work. Right. hundred percent. I think one thing you saw in some of the markets was um, there was probably between the seventh and the ninth, there was a lot of um, price stability in an upward way. And then you saw people FBAing stuff they bought on Black Friday starting to check in. And that started to like move things down in a certain way. Um, just because like the flexibility that the folks had that were doing FBA, they had none. And so they had to get in and out on one ASIN. And it was interesting to watch. And I, I kind of called that going in um, as prices were like kind of stable. And then you just saw that kind of move a little bit in a downward direction and it recovered pretty well. But um, that's that's personally what I saw. And I don't know, like the, the folks that FBA months prior and were just waiting probably did pretty well. But I know a lot of sellers got choked off on the FBA side for sure. Um, but um, Parker, back to you. Was, were there any inflection points in the few months that you started i know you mentioned the group but were there any like points where you really saw the potential of this business compared to when you were starting 100 percent uh there was one day where i found an ra loot and i got like probably a hundred of an asin and probably like 15 sold before i even got home and that was easily the most i'd ever sold like it was my highest day for sure and it was like wow i just went and made like six hundred dollars in a couple hours and then you just kind of think okay well what if i could do like 10x that um and then you just kind of start prepping for q4 trying to get that same product and you realize that it actually does work okay so i know that you were hitting a lot of ra what was like your percentage ra, RA to oa navigating like november december i'd say in december it was probably like 50 50. i'd say probably like 70 30 um outside of december just because december was like get it as quick as you can uh honestly early december because i was holding a lot of my inventory i was like hitting ra every day to try and like just stay in the fbm cup and i knew that i was gonna have a good month because i was still maintaining uh what i was just getting at like if my sales were down i just went to the store yeah yeah that's funny i, I remember um you sending me a video of some of your stock and i just sent it over to uh the guy that you were up against i think it was lucas and was just like you better be fucking ready like, <laughs> like you better be ready my friend because parker is um but 
Um, so looking forward, you kind of came onto the scene right after some of the conferences, that sort of thing. Do you have any plans to attend the conferences next year? A hundred percent. I want to go to the Miami Sellers Conference. We've already been talking about it, but we were waiting on that payout before we bought the tickets. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um, do you, you've also like navigated relatively quickly, kind of like finding that RA loop going then and like complementing with OA. What are your plans from the wholesale side? I feel like you would do pretty well there. You, you seem to develop relationships pretty easily. So that might translate well for wholesale. What, what are your plans there? Yeah, so starting January 1st, I'm going to start calling uh, wholesalers. I also want to look into the, it's cash and carry. It's in Atlanta. I don't know if it's in other states, but there's been a really successful Atlanta seller um, where you can pretty much walk into the warehouse and pick what you want to buy. Um, so I'm going to look into that because I know there's a lot of locations around Atlanta. Apparently, beauty is really big uh, in Georgia because there's a lot of hair salons. Um, I don't do a lot of beauty right now, but that's something I'm going to try to look into. Um, and then I got to find a prep center as well, because it's just been a lot going to the post office every day. No pickups, dude. What are you doing? I, it's too much. It's too much. Like tell them to call the truck. I live in an apartment, so I have to bring it to the office anyway. And I live across the street from the post office. So he's got a good reason. He's got a good reason. That's acceptable. That's acceptable. But, but you're, but you're not only doing this from an apartment, you also have a nine to five. You want to talk a little bit about that and how you balance those two? Yeah. So luckily I don't go to an office uh, all day. I have like cases throughout the day. Um, so I pretty much every morning I'll wake up, try to pack any orders that I didn't pack from the night before, um, kind of like structure out my day. My day is super, you know, it changes by the minute. So Sometimes I'm trying to squeeze in on a lunch break or something like that, go to the post office, but it's pretty much pack orders all that I can until the cutoff time and then go. A lot of times I have work later in the day. Um, I'll go to work and then I'll come home and, you know, pack more orders or source anything that I can do. Um, but it's definitely in and out, run and gun, like always doing something. Gotcha. And then you also had a very, like a fun tweet the other day where you decked out the house with all of the all of the FBM orders. Where did that come from? Um, and the sure some, some backstory there. Yeah, so luckily, I this is one thing that I would recommend to anyone next year. I pre-packed about 250 of one ASIN just because I knew there was going to be one day where I came home, I worked late, and I needed to ship this before midnight. So I had those pre-packed and I pretty much just put them all out on the floor and then just stuck labels on them. And then I was like, whoa, this looks kind of cool. So I was like, what if I just bring them all out here on the floor? And then it kind of dawned on me, like I could make this whole thing, do the couch, everything. And uh, it took me, it did take me another like hour or two to do. And I was like, this is totally worth it though. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. It keeps, it keeps everybody going. I mean, it's kind of a miserable time in some respects because people are you're just moving constantly. Um, but were there any was there anything that you did this December do, fulfilling all FBM that you would do differently next next year? Any lessons I, learned? Yeah, I think I would have some kind of help, prep help um, doing it all myself, especially if I'm 
working at nine to five as well. So like I kind of got lucky because my biggest days were on the weekend. I kind of actually planned it that way. I was like, the only way I'm going to be able to get these orders out is if I kind of do this like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it just worked out that the prices were coming down. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, all right, I'm just going to hammer it um, to make sure I can get all this stuff out over the weekend, which is, you know, not ideal, obviously. But those are typically biggest days, too, because people aren't home and able to order. Yeah, 100%. It's funny that you say that because, you know, there's there's folks out there that are looking for this like blanket. you know, model or this blanket solutions to how we like go about things. But everything is so dependent on what your life looks like. Like when I was hanging with Kat for the week, we would structure things so that Saturday, Sunday, those are going to be huge days. Like I don't, like I care. I want the price. I want to sell at a high price. But I've also got my life going on and I kind of want to get things moving when it is feasible. So no life allowed, no life allowed. <laughs> well okay we got the nine to fives we're still doing those so like not allowed not okay allowed. Well, all right. you know, yeah, I, I did i did have to slow down a little bit for p i mean he was he was i think it might have been the uh the old age or something i don't know he was, uh, <laughs> this is true he, like he was begging me to leave at one point he was like just yeah i was like because honestly like you really got to be conditioned to yep. like doing all that yourself yeah and like 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 working from what time do we wake up usually like seven to eight a.m we were at my house by like eight to nine a.m nine to fives on um you know like during breaks and stuff like packing fbm back and forth and like that takes a lot out of somebody um and then also working on the weekends you're working saturday and sunday where like if you're doing fba you might not be those might be your days off there's no days off when you're packing. no days off. That's if you have less than a quarter million liquid, there's no days off, man. And um, even then, even then, it's still no days off. I mean, that's yeah, no pool, no nothing. And yeah. I kept forgetting to feed Pete. So like big we were working through all of our meals, and like oh, I'm used no. to not eating until tonight. Like I haven't eaten yet today. Um, Pete wasn't. So like every, I remember we were at we were at my uh, Kenna's Kenna's parents, Kenna's my girlfriend, and. They were like, is Max feeding you? Because like we know he doesn't eat. And Pete was like, oh, like, not really. <laughs> when I was, I, this, is, this is how prepared I am. You guys are going to laugh. This is a very me thing. When I was planning on going to a PA, I was going to bring my meal preps with me. I know you guys want to roast me for that. <laughs> like, bro, I can't, I, when I need to eat, I need to eat. That's the you, one thing I will not sacrifice. You would just see me like stare off and just kind of like stop talking for a while oh, and it was just like because cats like condition to just go and oh dude by the time by like day three everybody was just looking at him going dude is he okay he looks like shit. yeah oh <laughs> my god yeah yeah no it, it was bit off a little bit more than we could chew but and um, you could chew i could chew it you I'm could chew it me. but but I also experience. i learned from your like kind of speaking to parker's point having a team in place where they're ready to go for Mm. December is huge, especially if you're balancing a bunch of other things. Like it is not reasonable for you to think that you can have five balls in the air and continue to execute on them properly. No, there's going to be slippery. That's, that's one thing that, I mean, we just had that, that live with miles. And um, one thing I mentioned is like outsourcing, allocating and, um, you know, dishing out responsibilities to other people or other services. Right. And that's where a prep center comes in that allows you to scale faster, 
um, maybe even hiring inside help to uh, help you like pack your FBM or prep FBA that um, you might be doing RA for like, all that stuff. Um, that's what really helps you scale up. And people are so focused on the profit margin. They're so focused on, oh, I need a, I need a 25% profit margin. And then you're stuck like looking at Keepa charts for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and you find three products. Meanwhile, I'll take a 20% profit margin, you know, and with my, with, like including my services and stuff, and I will move twice as fast as you. I'll move yeah. twice as much product and I'll yeah. make double the money. And that's what it comes down to. So, I mean, people always talk about profit margin and that's important. Like you still want to be making money, but it's a velocity game. And you have to retain your sanity along the way or you're going to burn out. Yeah. Not everybody's built to be a one man like wrecking crew and just yeah. do everything. No, I still got my boys. I still got, you know, Big Tan. We're added. We added a couple more guys to the crew and everything this this um, this this winter. So uh like jimmy's magnus and ken so we got a ton of people out there and my pops is also helping out yeah. so like we're moving an insane amount of product but it's product way like we're allocated i'm allocated out so like they're doing most of the labor i can focus on admin stuff right yep. now where it wasn't like that in the beginning of december because they were still in school yep 100 percent. so parker we've got prep center maybe a little bit of wholesale any other goals that you have for 2024 we're getting there anything that you you have on have in your mind i don't have a specific number um but i just think going to these like being more active on socials um going to conferences kind of just meeting more people in the community uh outside of just amazon because i feel like it's kind of like a starting point and then you can kind of like choose where you want to go with that i got you i got you 100 um all right so i really appreciate you joining it's been a great episode. We are kind of coming on the, the curtail of Buy Box Bandits, where a lot of this is covered. And I was a little <laughs> bit pissed off when I saw that they beat us to the punch, because I was like, I, I was like, this is the first 20k profit that we're going to interview, minus zero a day. But anything you want to leave the folks with? Anything that we didn't ask you about? Um, I would just say to like. Just go, if you're going to go into Amazon, like you have to go all in. There's so many people in the DMs like, ah, oh, man, like I just want to make a, a couple bucks here and there. Oh, and it's like, <laughs> it's never going to work until it's a mission. Like I'm one, I'm someone that always needs a mission. Like I just got to, and that's what the corporate, I feel like the corporate world can strip out of you a little bit. Um, is it's just like, all right, show up and do the same thing every day and you get paid. Um, I'm someone who, you know, you got to grind. You got to have some fun with it. Um, you got to grind. And so I, I would just say if you're if you're thinking about going in, like go all in. Uh, At least for a little bit, like prove to yourself that you can do it. And then if you want to pull it back a little bit and maybe you just want to make five or six K a month, whatever it is, and it's on autopilot, that's a beautiful thing. It doesn't have to be this thing where you're pumping out 30 grand profit a month. Those months are great. But like you do have some platform risk. And if you don't, if you're not being smart, then it might just be, it might be smart to just go, I'm going to make five, six K I'm going to pay off some bills and then I'm going to go do something else as well. You have that choice, but you have to earn that right. Yeah, but, business, business is definitely not for everyone, but no, I mean, it, it takes time. If you have moderate intelligence and moderate self-control and moderate discipline, then there's no reason that you can't do something like this and scale to making a lot of life-changing money. I think people, 
I don't want to gloss over this too. I think people they get jaded, and especially in this community, it's like, oh, bro, I just made like ten grand this month. It's like, dude, most people have to go to school for like four years plus to make that, and then get a job somewhere and work their way up from like seventy five k. Yeah, might take them five years to get to, you know, ten grand a month, and you're doing it in six months or less. Like that's it's actually incredible, right? So I think people, you know, it, this really is a life-changing opportunity if you go all in. It really can be. And, it, you know, it doesn't take a lot. You know, part of that yeah. is just getting your face out there, networking, putting it all on the line and giving your best, giving it 100 percent and, you know, using all the gas you got in the tank and just going yep. full force. 100 percent. The worst case is that you prove something to yourself that you're capable of taking on another endeavor if this isn't for you. Like if you don't want to do this forever, you've, you've proven that you can take something from nothing and get it to something pretty cool in a short period of time. Don't but, be Johnny Low T over there. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. There you go. <laughs> but with that, Parker, thank you for coming on. Um, follow follow the kid at Parker BDR, and we'll be rolling on Twitter. I just saw your first thread. We're gonna be pumping out content for the rest of the year. I can tell. I can tell he's gonna do it. But we will catch you next time. 100%. Thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely.